to the Make, Share, Grow podcast. I'm artist Julie Marriott, and I created this podcast to share behind-the-scenes stories of art, craft, and the creative process. Hey guys, this week I'm chatting with painter and surface pattern designer Juliet Meeks. Juliet creates colorful, expressive floral paintings and patterns from her studio in New Orleans, Louisiana. She also shares her love of watercolor through several online painting classes on Skillshare. Her art is so energetic and joyful, and it always makes me smile when a new painting of hers pops up on my Instagram feed. If you're a color lover like me, you will love following her work. So while we're getting started here, hop on over to Instagram and take a look. You can find Juliet at Juliet Meeks Design. So it's J-U-L-I-E-T-M-E-E-K-S and then the word design. I know you're going to love hearing all about Juliet's art and process, so let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. Well, welcome to the show, Juliet. I'm so excited to have you today and to talk about your art and um, your pattern designs. Thank you, Julie. It's really nice to uh, finally hear your voice. We've been following along with each other for a while now, I think, so it's great to talk. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It is funny when... um, you get to, you've been like following somebody for a while on Instagram or their work and, um, then like finally actually getting to meet them. And it's like, Oh wait, I feel like I know you. <laughs> I know. And it's sort of overwhelming. Cause I feel like, you know, there's so many people online that it's like, I feel like I know so well. And it's like, you know, in my real life, you know, I have like a very small group of close friends. So it feels like very expanded because of Instagram. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I feel the same way. And I feel like um, what I've been trying to do recently is like start reaching out to my art friends who are actually like in San Diego and be like, who, what other art friends do you know? And then, you know, try to like, I've been, I've been talking with um, one painter friend of mine about getting like a local painters group together and sort of help each other with our businesses and things like that. So yeah, um, yeah, meeting in real life, you can't really beat it, but talking online is cool too. Yes. <laughs> Do you yes. have any local like art groups that you're a part of? Well, you know, we, there is a pretty good local creative community here and, um, you know, you're in New Orleans, right? Yes. I'm in New Orleans. And so, yeah, so I definitely have like a few, you know, fellow artists and illustrator friends and we all kind of, you know, try and support each other, but then, but mostly for like constant communication, I'm in a couple Slack groups online with like fellow surface pattern designers. And, um, i actually find that really great because there's not a lot of other really surface pattern designers in New Orleans and it's very specific. So it's nice to be able to talk like, um, how to, what kind of rates to charge and stuff like that. Um, really oh, privately. That is awesome. Yes. I want to be part of that group. <laughs> you've been super helpful for me. I've definitely emailed you and asked advice before and you've been so generous. So yeah, I feel like especially with pattern design, it is very, like there's not a lot of open information on the internet about yeah. like the whole business side of it. There's lots of tutorials about making patterns and mm-hmm. like all of that stuff, but the business side is like kind of scary. <laughs> because, um, you know, there's like, there's kind of a set standard, but not really like, like I follow this, this one book, which I'm sure that you have, I think it's called the graphic artist skills handbook to price. I don't know. It's a really long name, but, um, but yeah, that's a great book, but it's, and there's a new one coming out in next month, which I'm really excited to get an updated one. But yeah, in general, it's like, you know, it's hard because, I like, I try to talk about money and actual dollars more often online so that we can really like help each other because I don't really exactly know, you know, what to charge all the time, but you eventually start to be able to feel it out and feel it out with the client. Yeah, for sure. And you start realizing sort of what you're willing to like spend your time on or Mm -hmm. like what your time is worth essentially after a while. Like I'm definitely figuring that out in my painting practice, like, oh, I charge this much for a painting and wow, I spent like 30 hours on this. Right. (laughs) And also what your art is worth to them is a factor, you know, Mm -hmm. you could be selling them lots and lots of products. So that's definitely something to keep in mind too, which has kind of been a little bit more of my approach lately. 
Mm, like as in the client is like a repeat customer kind of. Right. Like if the client's like a repeat customer and you know that, you, you know, your designs are working really well for them, then that's great. And you're also factoring in your time, but it becomes more than just that. Mm, okay. I see what mm-hmm, you mean. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. All that good stuff. Oh, the business stuff. But I although, talk about that all the time. <laughs> I know, though we're not here to talk about business. The one thing that I um I've been like wanting to do in my podcast is like there are so many good business podcasts out there. I'm like, I have almost nothing to add to that conversation. <laughs> that's like not something that somebody hasn't heard already. So I want to hear all about the studio practice, which I'm excited to ask yes. you about. So yeah, before we dig into that, could you kind of give us a um a uh, version of your creative story of how you kind of came into making the work that you're doing right now? Yeah. So I never really considered myself a watercolor painter. It's, I really got into watercolor in the past uh, few years, maybe three years now. So I really just kind of started out in the creative world as a more of a graphic designer, but yet I was always like, you know, making things with my hands to incorporate into my design work. So I knew that side of me was, was there and, you know, and I studied studio art in high school and a little bit in college, but it wasn't really until recently that I've kind of considered myself more of, you know, a full-blown artist. And, and so that's been kind of a nice transformation. Oh, that's really cool. So have you, um, been mostly doing florals in your, um, in your art practice or have you experimented with other things too? Yeah. Well, I started, you know, I started out doing the hundred day project and I believe that was, I think that was 2015. And, um, I was just kind of, you know, that's how I got, you know, more into watercolor, just playing with watercolor every day for a hundred days. And I wasn't really doing like just florals, but I was doing, you know, all types of different things. And that was the purpose was to experiment. And then lately I just kind of just, I, florals have just stuck with me. And I think it's just because they're so organic and I really like, you know, how free you can be with them. And, um, there's nothing like, you know, really specific that you need it to look like. It's not super geometric or it's not people. And it's like, it's, you know, I can like, chill out and paint and really have fun when I'm painting like kind of nature inspired things. Yeah. Yeah. I find like, I love them for their design possibilities. Basically it's like, they can be any colors you could arrange them anyway. And that really, um, like is well suited to pattern design. I think since, um, I've been interested in surface pattern design too, you, I think that has really influenced like my paintings on canvas. Definitely. Right. Right. Yeah. And I want to, you know, I I do love painting kind of like geometric designs too. So that's kind of what I want to start playing with a little bit more coming up is just some more watercolors with geometric, not like super, I don't, I'm not really into like super clean lines. I find that like my perfectionist personality doesn't do well with that. So Mm -hmm. if I just like let go and not even try to make something perfect, it's really for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find if I do things on, if I start work on the computer at all, like in a program, like start making the art there, it always ends up being really sterile where it is very geometric. And so I like, like doing things by hand. So even if you did geometrics by hand, they won't be perfect. It'll probably be kind of cool that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that handmade feel. Yeah. Yeah. And all of your art has that awesome, has such an expressive quality to it that I think that's one of the things that really draws me to your work because it's just so playful and fun and expressive. And like the hand of the artist is so obvious in it. (laughs) It's not like, yeah, it's not trying to like, you know, convince you that it's a real flower. It's like a super fun, expressive flower. (laughs) Right. And that's why like, you know, I've had fun. Um, you know, I teach some classes on Skillshare. And so my last Skillshare class was expressive florals, uh, a seven day painting challenge. And that's kind of like what I'm talking about in the class is just like, you know, it doesn't have to, it's, it's a great way to find your own style. Like, I don't think, I think you can be expressive and they don't have to all look the same. You know, it's, they're not like all super loose. You're just expressive in your own way. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I get that. So um, what I'm curious about is let's start out by talking about your studio space. Um, Tell me how you have um, your space kind of laid out and what kind of things are in there, what kind of art materials. Yeah. yeah, Give us a little tour. So I have, you know, a a small room in in an office on a floor in an office building and the rest of the floor is quite office-y. <laughs> There's some um, cubicles everywhere, although my husband has his recording studio in two of the larger rooms. So we're on the same floor together. And then, oh, you know, that's cool. yeah, so it's really nice. And we just moved, um, next door. So I get to come over here and I don't have to drive anymore to get to work, which has just been amazing. Um, especially cause we bring our dog to work every day. So I don't have to put her in the car cause she doesn't really like the car. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, my office itself, you know, you kind of walk in and it's very bright compared to the rest of the floor. I've got a really super light gray color on the walls. And then I've got two main desks and the desk that I'm at right now is my computer, you know, graphic designy desk. And then I've got my smaller desk where I've got all my watercolors and an inspiration board up. And then I have shelves of of books, mostly vintage books, because I like to look at vintage books of flowers or plants uh, just to paint from. Oh, that sounds so awesome. (laughs) Do you have some good windows? (laughs) I do. I have have one window, and it's interesting because it's a really tall, skinny window. And it's funny because now that we moved, we moved not in the next building, but the building over, I can see the entrance to our apartment. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. It's so nice to have a dedicated space. Um, and so how have you felt like having it as- apart from your house? Um, I, Cause I work from home. So I have like a room in my house. So I'm always curious, like, how is that? Well, at least you have a room basically before I was doing everything in the living room. Um, like right when I left my previous day job, I was just kind of working in the living room and I was going a little crazy. Um, I personally find that it's way better for me to just have a separate room, even though it's not very big. It, it just helps it to be out of my house mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. 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 And it's so nice that you don't have, um, a commute. That's the thing in my life right now. I'm like, I don't want to waste time trying to go somewhere. Yeah, I know. I I would probably do the same if I had an extra room in my house. Um, you know, but now it's like, we're so close and we've just been waiting to move here. So it's just really satisfying. That's so cool. So, um, what are the main, okay. So you make patterns that end up in, um, you know, becoming a digital file, right. Mm-hmm. That are become printed onto some sort of product. Yes. And then you also do, um, paintings. Do all your patterns start out as paintings? Yes. Um, although I recently got an iPad and started playing with procreate the app procreate, which is every time I say that name, people laugh that don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of it, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so mostly, you know, if I'm making patterns for clients. I'm, I'm painting them on watercolor paper. And then I'm usually cutting up that paper to fit into my small scanner. And then I am taking the elements and cleaning them up in Photoshop and turning them into repeat patterns from there. But then I Mm. also lately I'm getting into painting original paintings on wood panels and on canvas. So that's kind of somewhat new for me within the past year. Okay. Very cool. I'm excited to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. What kind of, um, what are your art materials that you like to use? So I mentioned watercolor. Yeah, I have, um, you know, some Windsor and Newton watercolors, which, you know, I don't think I, I, I have some of the professional line, but there's a lower price line. I think it's the Cotman line that I find works just fine. And, Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't know, I have the, uh, my favorite gouache is the, I think you pronounce it Holbein gouache. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's from Japan, but it's really nice. And then I have, I have, you know, the really inky, um, Dr. PH Martins, I think is what it is. Or, and it's like ink, it's concentrated watercolor. But the only thing with that is that you can't, you have to scan it in and use it because it's not UV resistant. So you won't, you can't use it in original paintings unless I guess you 
really um, use an archival spray on it, but I, I don't just to be safe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is so hard because um, most art materials now are like very careful about being, you know, archival and um, having that like longer life. So that's interesting. Right. It's good to like know those things about your art materials. Oh, that's so cool because I'm looking at some of your work and yes, I can tell like some of them are the opaque gouache and then the others are watercolors. Do you use the gouache like when you're on a colored ground or like a darker ground? Yes. Oh yes. So if I'm, I have some, you know, colored paper. And so if I'm looking for a more opaque, you know, feel then I'm doing using gouache. Sometimes I'll use watercolor and just like not use a lot of water. Um, and then, and then lately I, I bought some of those acrylic gouaches that are, I guess, a mix between gouache and acrylic. And those are really cool. Uh, I, oh, I, I haven't heard of those. Yeah, they're kind of expensive. And I don't think, I think once you put them on the palette and they dry, I don't think you can use them again, which is kind of annoying. But so, but a little does go a long way. So, so as I've been getting more into painting on, on wood panels, I've been trying to use acrylics, but I'm, I'm having like kind of a struggle with them, even though I guess it's just like with watercolor, mm-hmm. it's so fluid and the acrylics, it's just like, it doesn't flow as much for me. So I, I like the acrylic because it's kind of like a happy medium. Oh yeah. That's so interesting. See, I, I feel like, um, I predominantly through like my whole art making life <laughs> have done acrylics. And so I feel like watercolors are sort of the, the, things that are like outside my normal experience. So that's interesting. Yes. Acrylics are, they're so much more dry. Although, um, have you ever tried fluid acrylics? Cause I, I do have them. And then I was like, not happy with them either, but I feel like, mm. so is that what you use mostly? No, I don't. I actually want body in my paint. So mm-hmm. I go for like the thicker, heavier body kinds of things, but I will, I will just water it down if I need it to really flow mm-hmm. and be like a smooth, crisp edge or something like that. And what's your favorite brand? Um, I use a whole mixture. Um, actually one that might, you might enjoy, although you have to buy it in sort of bulk sizes is this, it's just on a website. It's called Nova color. Um, that I had to buy when I was in school and we were using a ton of it. Um, and so, but they have really good like pigment quality and everything, but they tend to be more fluid than other ones. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I use, I'll use, um, uh, a Liquitex and I only have one paint that's golden because they're so expensive yeah, for me right now. But I, I do use like Windsor those. and Newton. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. It's great. And I buy yellow because yellow is the most, um, translucent okay. color usually. And so I buy them. So it's way more opaque, um, than cheaper brands. Um, Windsor and Newton's Galleria ones I will use, um, cause I think they have a good, balance of body, uh, thickness and opacity. They're kind of like a mid-level. Um, yeah. And then I think I have, um, Grumbacher, like a couple of their, um, ones that I have thrown in there too. Okay. So yeah, I use a whole mixture and it really is just dependent on like, I like that particular color of that brand or I've just been using it and I know how it functions. And so like if I was to use that same color from a different brand, sometimes it, um, you know, it, it actually works slightly differently. So then you have to kind of relearn that one. So I just kind of have my go-to palette. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to experiment more. Like I honestly feel like I barely even remember the names of all the paints that I have. I had to like look over and be like, what do I use? Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely, I get, I get in a habit of, of using the same things over and over again. So, so yeah, I need to experiment a little more. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the same way. And that's, that's good though, because then you can kind of almost not even think about your materials as much because you know how to get the color you're aiming for Mm -hmm. with the, you know, with the materials you have. But, um, I find like there are certain colors I just can't get and I probably should just go out and buy a tube of a really intense turquoise because I can't get that with like mixing the, the pigments that I have. Um, yeah. Oh, art materials are great. What, do, what kind of brushes do you use for your paintings? So I recently got a, a brush. It's called silver. It's the, I think it's like, there's a few different sizes of it, but silver brush and it's black, um, handle with a black tip. 
And that one's been really nice. And I got a great uh, mop brush lately because before I've just been kind of using the same like really cheap, like round number six brush for like literally everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, and it was like, it's like six bucks. So I just kind of like one of them finally fell apart. So I just bought another one and I'm, it just works for me. So, um, but yeah, is that a certain brand? (laughs) Um, I can, I can go grab it later and I'll give you so you can put it in in the show notes. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. Sounds good. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so I, my problem is I try to use brushes that don't have real animal, uh, fur, which is Mm -hmm. basically impossible because those are the best brushes. So I really caved and I bought a couple recently, but I have to say, they're really a pleasure to use and they made such a difference. So, you know, I guess you just got to, got to do what you got to do, but yeah, there's one brush brand, um, that they're a sponsor on a painting podcast that I listened to. Um, it, it's Terrell brushes okay. and maybe check them out. Cause they make oil acrylic, um, watercolor brushes and they have a whole line of synthetic ones that people really, really love. Cool. Um, and they have a whole episode. So it's the Savvy Painter podcast. And they had a whole episode with like the brush maker, the mm-hmm. owner of the, I think his last name is Terrell. Like, I think that is, um, am I, oh gosh, now I'm like wondering if that's the right name. Trickell. Trickell. Not okay. Terrell, Trickell. Yes. Trickell okay. Art Supplies. Anyway, maybe check them out. Yeah, <laughs> See if you can cool. find. And they sound like they're really good quality brushes and they last forever. So I'm thinking about buying a couple because I have just a random assortment um, and I'm looking to kind of maybe get some ones that are higher quality too. Yeah. So that's cool. That sounds great. So um, when you're, so I know that you make your patterns. I want to hear kind of about both of your processes. You have your pattern design and you have your original paintings. Um, With your pattern designs, how do you kind of start a piece? Like what is your process that you work through when you're creating a pattern for a client? Well, so there's, there's a way to make repeat patterns, um, basically not completely without the computer, but where you can do it on paper and then you cut up your paper into, like you cut it in half and then you keep painting and, um, design sponge Mm. posted a little tutorial about it like years ago. And so I tried that way recently and I found it very frustrating. So I have not done it since. So basically my method is to paint the elements separately on usually just like one sheet of paper, one sheet of watercolor paper, and then cut, you know, cut that in half and then scan them and make sure there's like enough white space around them so I can separate them easily. And then I'll put one on each on to its own layer in Photoshop and then kind of maneuver them around that way in Photoshop. Um, although there are definitely other ways where I like to get a more, sometimes my struggle is getting the effortless feel of a pattern where like I'll paint, I'll paint something and I'll, you know, it's like I'm repeating the elements, but I know I'm not going to take it onto the computer and turn it into a repeating pattern, if that makes sense. Yes. Like yes. So you're like, kinda yeah, a mock-up sort of. Yeah. So, so it's like, how do I take that and, and turn that into a repeat pattern? Cause sometimes I'm just like, there's just no way to do it. I'd have to recreate it and paint the elements separately. So I'm just kind of playing with different ways lately of getting it to feel more, you know, more fluid and less patterny. Yeah. Cause I love following, um, your different like 30 day or hundred day projects that you've done that have been like patterns that you've just done in your sketchbook. And right. yeah, they have such a wonderful flowing quality. And I found that with my own work too, like trying to get that same look when you're just individually painting them and they're not all like nesting together quite the same. Yes. Um, yeah, that is totally a challenge, but they're beautiful in your sketchbook. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Some of them, you know, I can manage and make it work, but I, I'll have to see. There's a, a fellow surface designer I follow uh, follow along with, and I hope I'm saying her last name correctly, but it's Jess Brugnick, um, B-R-U-G-N-I-K, I believe. And she posted a, a really nice process in her stories one time, and she made it look really simple. So maybe you can check out her Instagram and see if you can figure it out. I'll have to try her way. It's like she painted more like a big cluster together 
and then she's able mm-hmm. to repeat the clusters. So, and it looks a little bit more natural. So I'll have to try that. Oh, that's really cool. I mm-hmm. would love to check that out. Yes. Cause I've been just basically doing what you do and painting individual things. And sometimes it does end up feeling a little overworked sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it's hard to avoid that. Okay. That's really cool. So with your, um, tell me about your paintings and how you started wanting to make, uh, original paintings to sell too. Yeah. So, you know, I guess it's kind of like, I got sick of really bringing everything into the digital world and being on the computer so much. So I started thinking it'd be really nice to just start painting one of a kind paintings and not worrying like where, you know, what it's going to be used for, you know, like if it's going to go on a product or it, you know, maybe some of them I would still turn into prints, but you know, that's not as difficult just scan it in. But so that's kind of like where I was like, you know, ready to just play a little bit more and and not worry about the technical side so much. But then it's like, I'm, since I'm painting on wood, I, you know, I'm trying with acrylic because watercolor is, you know, not possible really to paint on wood. I did buy some wood panels. They're called aqua boards, but they're kind of expensive, but it's basically just like a surface that you can watercolor on. And then it's on a wood panel. So those are kind of fun, but they're different. It's a different feel than paper for sure. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I've just been, I started a, a 30 day project. It was 30 more painted florals and I, my goal was to just paint them all on wood panels. And I still have three left, which I think I've been, I think I started this in August. So it's taken me a really long time, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's awesome that like, you're not feeling the, you're not pressuring yourself to have to like stick to a specific timeline. I feel like that well, you just got recently, you recently got married. And so it's not like you had all this free time (laughs) to be doing it. Um, but that's good. I found like doing a 30 day project is for me. And I'm sure you kind of feel the same way as like, um, if you have a framework, but you don't like beat yourself up for not sticking with like a specific timeline, like life just kind of happens and you kind of have to like, just roll with it. Right. Well, um, I like genuinely forgot recently that I didn't finish it. And I was like, <laughs> Oh no, I have three more to do. I just need to get them done. I have the panels, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to knock them out soon. I'm just definitely getting back into the swing of things. I mean, the pressure's still there is I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, that means you'll finish it, which is good. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever tried mounting paper on a panel before? I know artists do that. I know um, they do that. I guess I've just never really like liked the idea of that. Um, I think, I think what I was just decided recently is like, you know what, I'm just going to paint on paper and it can be framed and, you know, maybe I'll mount a couple, but I, I haven't really ever like gotten a big gigantic sheet of watercolor paper and painted a big painting yet. So Mm. I know. So it's like, you know, I kind of can't believe I haven't done that yet. I think it's just intimidating. So, you know, that's been sort of my plan. Well, it's been just like all I've been thinking about doing lately. So trying that this spring. So do you, do you, have you heard of Jess Ventura? I think is her name on Instagram. Um, she is a surface pattern designer and she does these huge paintings, um, on paper and then like makes patterns oh, out of is them. It so Kelly, Kelly Ventura. Oh, Kelly Ventura. Yes, oh, okay. Absolutely. Love her. Yes. I see. Yes. She's totally inspiring with how big she paints. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Oh, very cool. So, um, when you're creating your paintings and your patterns, like what is the most fun part of the process that you kind of just lose yourself in the most? I would say, I love picking out colors. So, you know, I just kind of start with one color and then let each color guide me to the next. And that's where I really get lost. And that's where I feel like the, the painting is made more special by the colors and the color palette. Cause I try to, I try to keep like fresh and like really different color palettes, maybe, I mean, than what you typically see. And, and then I also like to I tend to go for brighter, really happier colors. Although lately I've been kind of feeling the earthier, more, um, maybe like vintage tones. So, so yeah, I would definitely say color. And then also just like, you know, if I'm letting watercolors bleed into each other, that's really meditating to watch like the colors blend or the water like swirl around. Um, it's a really neat process. I just, I just love watercolor and 
that's why I'm really excited to paint larger because I'm interested to see where it takes me. What are some of the places you get your color inspiration? Does it, do you collect inspiration from different sources? I think I've just always been really inspired by vintage patterns and vintage clothing. I, I, I've, I've really been inspired by fashion growing up. I used to want to be a fashion designer Mm. and I even went to RISD's pre-college for fashion design. And so I think I, yeah, I just kind of look to like vintage style and, and just, I love just looking at vintage fabrics in general. Mm. So I think that's where I kind of Sometimes I feel like not all the time, but I feel like my stuff has kind of a subtle retro vibe, which I like. Yeah. I feel like you have a good mixture, like you were saying, of like sort of earthy tones and then more vibrant things in most of your pieces, like more more unusual, like muted colors and then brighter ones, which I think is mm-hmm. really unique and beautiful. I, I, I'm always um, loving the color palettes that you use. And it's so fun <laughs> because it's like it all it all feels cohesive, even though like each individual one is very different. Like they all still sort of have that same voice that they all sort of hang together. I'm glad you say that because (laughs) I definitely am like, sometimes I'm like looking at my Instagram feed and I'm like, I'm just like all over the place. But, and then I'll I'll say that to someone they're like, no, no. So it makes me feel better because I do, I get, I get bored easily, you know, with this, I can't stick to a certain color palette all the time. Like I'll go back to ones maybe I've used before a couple months later and do them again in a different painting. But, but yeah, they're definitely, (laughs) there's not a consistent, exactly color theme going on. Yeah. And I don't think there has to be like, I think they do all really have that same cohesive feel. So you said you had vintage books on your shelf. Um, tell us about those. What do you have in their flower books, but, um, what do you use them for? Yeah. So I usually look on eBay or at yard sales and just kind of get any book that looks inspiring to me. And I have one book that I really like in it there. It's actually all in black and white, which is kind of nice. So I just look at the shapes of the flowers and then make them whatever color I want. So that's what I enjoy doing. And then I just have lots of design books in general, pretty much like all the, the major design books I've got, even though I feel like I don't spend enough time looking at them. One of my favorite books I got recently though is um, Vera Newman or Vera Neumann. I wouldn't, I'm not sure, but you know, she's, I'm sure you, you know of her, but she was a, basically a surface designer with her own company, you know, spanning decades of success. And I just love her, her stuff. And I have a great book with a lot of her, you know, illustrations, even though I think there were, there's at least thousands that she did over her career. Oh, wow. No, I actually haven't heard of her. I will have to check her out. Well, you know, the Vera scarves, they're vintage scarves and it says Vera in the corner in her handwriting. That may be like her Mm. most well-known thing. But if you look on Etsy and look up like Vera scarf or something like that, you'll find her, but she did everything. And I actually recently bought some DVDs. I believe that her nephew it was like these two little documentaries that her nephew made of her in the seventies. And the only place you can buy him, buy them is from his personal website. <laughs> so <laughs> They're really cool though. It shows her factory in the seventies and her inspiration and her process. And it's just incredible. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I will have to, I will um, link to all those things in the show notes. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Um, So when you are making your work, do you have, um, like certain rules or systems that you follow or, um, or do you feel like pretty free in your art making? Like, do you tell me about that? Like, do you, um, cause you, you said that you didn't go to art school, correct? I went, so I went to, you know, I went, I studied English. So English was my major, although I did start out as a studio art major, but at the school that I was at, I, I, you know, I decided to switch to English and I was actually happy that I did that. And then I, I studied design more in college, graphic design. Okay. And then after college, I did two design internships and then got a graphic design related full-time job. So, you know, I, I studied a little bit of studio art in high school and college, but not much. So, you know, my process, it's, it's not, I think the thing that I like about painting and art is that, 
you know, I have my, my process for sure, but I don't think about it too much. I, I don't really like, I'm not super structured in my daily life as a freelancer and as an artist, like I don't get to the studio the same time every day. I just kind of do my thing. And, and I found that that makes me much happier. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so in, do you find like when you're painting, do like the, your design professors come talking in your head about design or have you, do you have enough distance from all of that, that you're just kind of like, I'm just doing my own thing. Yeah. I definitely embrace my own thing. I think one of the best, I mean, I learned from some really great teachers and one of the best things that I think that I learned was composition. And even though a lot of my stuff is like repeated patterns, I think just knowing, you know, what a good composition can be and how it can flow is just like really like a, the key thing. So like even in patterns, like having larger elements and smaller elements and, you know, elements that aren't competing with each other. I think that is what I really take away a lot from what I've learned. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so like, like how we were saying earlier or how I was saying, I feel like your work really, um, it all has a cohesive feel to it that really does speak of your art, you know, your artist's voice. Um, how do you think that you have come to kind of um, hone your artistic voice? You know, and it's funny because I still feel like I'm doing, like I'm trying to hone my artistic voice, but I do feel like where I was, you know, a few years ago, I've, I've definitely grown. And I think just by producing as much work as you can is really the only it's really the only way that you, you can find your voice and, and not just like once a week, you know, especially in the beginning, like you can kind of sustain, you know, your style after you really feel like you've approached it more fully. But in the beginning, like if you can do a hundred day project, because you feel like, I don't know where I'm you know going to go with my style or my career, I would, I would suggest doing some kind of long-term project like that. That's a great, that's great advice. Cause I think I totally agree that it's like making lots of work and kind of trying to make work in a, some sort of similar direction instead of like jumping all over the place, like maybe choosing some sort of theme or some sort of subject that you can kind of like sit on for a while or some sort of specific project that'll like give you a, a framework, um, to kind of explore within some sort of boundaries. Um, yeah, I, I think some boundaries help. Like, like when I did my hundred day project, it wasn't like 100 watercolors. It was 100 watercolor patterns, but every seven days I switched color palettes, very specific color palettes. And if you look back, you know, they were just like, it would just be like blue. And now I, I never paint something that's just like really one color or I don't often. So, so I think just like those kind of boundaries help you discover who you are by discovering maybe who you aren't. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good, that's, that's very true. (laughs) Um, so what, um, about your painting practice and your pattern design practice, what, um, keeps you really interested in your work or what kind of things do you discover that you're like, Oh, that opens up a whole new avenue that I could pursue or a new series. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I haven't, you know, I've been working so hard on our wedding and getting like, you know, I designed all the stationery and, you know, working was beautiful, with all the, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And working with all of the vendors. And so I, I haven't been like, I've been putting all my inspiration there and really just like, I haven't been super inspired about my personal work until like literally like last night. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah. And I, and I've been really inspired about kind of going back to my roots of, of my love of vintage fashion and, and vintage patterns. And so that's kind of like where I'm, I'm feeling like making a a collection of patterns from right now. And I'm just like, you know, I've learned enough that if I'm feeling inspired, I've got to do it right now because it'll, it'll go away. And so I'm going to try and start that hopefully in the next few days. But in general, I, I do really get inspired by working with clients and, you know, it's fun sometimes to have your really, you know, general creative work that you're passionate about and then have a client that also has certain needs and your, and your job is to make something that works really well for them and their customers and that people just love to use. So I find that inspiring. Cool. I love that. Um, (laughs) 
So I am curious. So you said that I'm curious about recent struggles or a recent triumph or maybe both (laughs) Um, in your creative practice. I know you said you came back from like sort of a break, um, but do you have anything in that category to share? (laughs) Yeah, I would just say, you know, it's been hard because I've been at kind of a standstill and, and trying to focus on my personal life and, and getting married and, and, you know, but then at the same time, in the back of my mind, there's so much I want to do. And I've kind of had to force myself to take a break, even from client work. I, I basically took like a month hiatus from all of that. And I really haven't been, you know, posting on Instagram that much, which there's always that kind of guilt when, you know, it's really your creative world and it's, it really helps me get clients. And so Mm -hmm. it's been, it's been hard to, to not be able to put as much time and energy that I wanted to in it. But then, then at the same time, like it's really nice today and yesterday to feel my inspiration coming back in a really new and, and fresh way. So, so it's just been, it's just been interesting. And then at the same time we're moving. So we just moved and we still have like tons of boxes. We still have stuff at our old apartment. So (laughs) for me, it's just like someone who's very career oriented. Um, it's been hard to step back, but I'm just, I think I have actually gotten better at, at letting go a bit. So I'm proud of that. (laughs) Oh, good. I know maybe you just need to get some really big pieces of watercolor paper and go to town and that will bring some more inspiration too. Yeah. I'm hoping to, you know, move into a larger studio space. You know, I think I could make potentially my current space work, but um, it would just be really nice to have a little bit more room to be able to paint larger maybe eventually teach some in-person watercolor workshops and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of my, my long-term plan right now. Hopefully it could happen this year. Ooh, that's exciting. (laughs) Teaching is so fun. And I think it really like, um, and you, you've done your Skillshare classes, which is so similar. It like really makes you think about your process so much more and like having to like break it into steps and everything. And that can even be inspiring where you just become so much more aware of like what you do and how you problem solve and like what you could try. Cause like students will do different things and you're like, Oh, I don't ever think of that. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You know, I've just, I haven't been able, I haven't taught an in-person workshop yet just cause like I'm kind of introverted and I've been a little nervous about it, but I feel like if it was in my own space, I would be a little bit more comfortable. So I'm ready. I'm ready to try it soon. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I would love to have, it's sort of on my bucket life bucket list to have like a big, you know, separate studio space that would, I could like do my work in and then like host workshops and stuff. Cause then it's like logistically so much easier. I think. Yeah. Um, I could easily see you doing that. (laughs) Yes. Okay. We'll put it on the checklist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you teach, you teach already, right. But you teach, um, elsewhere, I'm assuming. Yeah. I teach at just local venues. Um, Mm -hmm. and, Uh, which usually helped me promote, which has been really, really nice because I feel like, um, most of the people who pay attention to what I do on Instagram, on my email list and stuff like that, they're not really in San Diego. So it has been really helpful, um, to have local venues that have a local following also help me promote. So I think, um, yeah, you kind of have to like consider all that stuff too, (laughs) but if you have your own space, then it's not as big of an investment too. And I think if you, if you could, you should maybe consider teaching online somewhere like Skillshare because they're great too, because they have a built-in audience that helps you promote it as well. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I have been getting lots of requests from people um, for doing something online. I'm like, mm-hmm. I will, I will, I will. I just don't know when. <laughs> and um, I need to talk to you about that maybe. <laughs> So I would love to know if you could own up a piece of art by any contemporary artist or maker, who would you choose? Well, I have been obsessed lately with Helen Frankenthaler, Frankenthaler. 
yeah, I believe that's how you say her last name or Thaler maybe, but, but yeah, I know she's not alive though. So, but if, if we're going by someone who's alive, you know, of course I love Lily Wallace. I've been really wanting one of her paintings for so long. So maybe eventually I will get one. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I actually have one of her paintings. It's like the only oh, original cool. Paint well, that's not the only original painting I have, but it was the first one <laughs> I ever bought. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of so my uncle is a painter and you know, we moved to our new apartment and we have actually pretty tall ceilings and he paints very large. And so as our wedding gift, he got us this really big he gave us this really big painting of his and then I had one other. So now we've got, and then I already had like a whole bunch of small ones by him as well. So our whole apartment is going to be filled with, with his art. So it's oh, pretty exciting. Awesome. What does he paint? <laughs> so he paints mostly people. He paints lots of portraits. He'll look at like really old photos or he'll take commissions. And he used to paint, I believe more in acrylic, but now he does a lot of airbrush and it, he, he's very detailed and he uses also a lot of patterns and really nice color in his work. And his name is, is Bill Young. He doesn't have a website or anything, I believe, but he does have an Instagram and he's based in, in Alabama where my grandparents and my mom live. Ooh, I will have to check his work out. That's so awesome to have another original artist or another artist in your family who makes yes. like, work that you can have original paintings of. Yeah. He, you know, he originally would teach me how to draw when I was really little. So that was pretty cool. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. I, um, I didn't have any family members who were artists, but like my, I think the, the feel of my, the vibe of my family was creative, even if we didn't have original artists so, or I don't know why I keep saying original artists. That's so weird. <laughs> But it was definitely like an environment that fostered creativity, which is mm -hmm. like, I think why definitely why my sister and I turned out both very creative people. So that's awesome to have family like that. Yeah, um, but that's cool. too. It's really just like the support that matters. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I'm kind of curious about. Did you have a hard time um, coming to call yourself an artist? Yeah, totally. It's definitely a recent thing for me, like recent in the past year. I always, you know, cause I would call myself a designer and mm. I still am a designer, but designer came a lot more easily to me than artist. But lately I'm like, you know what? I'm an artist. So I've been owning it. Good. Good. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of unusual in the sense that I never had a trouble calling myself an artist mm -hmm. and thinking about it. I think it was because ever since I was a kid, I was like, that was my like label in the family. I was the family artist <laughs> and all the family would be like, when you become rich and famous, remember me. Like, the, you know, they say jokingly, <laughs> like when I showed them my little kid paintings or whatever. And so, um, like, I think definitely like how you think of yourself like how other people think of you definitely feeds into how you think of yourself in like the artist terms. And if nobody's like necessarily labeled you that it can be harder. Yeah. Um, that's cool that you had that. that. I think that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I definitely don't have as much of an identity crisis, although calling myself a fine artist, I've been kind of like experimenting <laughs> with that sometimes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> when people are yeah. like, what is it that you do? Or what I'm like, I'm a, or, or not a fine artist, a professional artist. That's what it is. Um, right. Where it's like, yes, I, there is a difference between like a hobbyist and somebody who's doing it as a business. So it's, it's been interesting sort of experimenting yeah. with like, those words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but see, I feel that way with fine artists too. You know, that that's kind of like where I think I'd, I'd want to go. And even though my work is, you know, so playful, I sort of feel like, you know, to be a fine artist, you have to have this certain type of work, but that, that's really mm. not the case. No, I don't think so. I think like, I guess in my mind, I guess fine artist means like you're actively pursuing selling your like art pieces. Right. Um, like your original art. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's, that's what it means, I guess, in my mind, but I guess it does sound so like high level that it is a little like intimidating. Yeah. Well then I guess, yeah, that's what, I mean, really I would love to just 
be spending a lot of time, you know, making and selling original paintings. So, so yeah, I guess I do want to be a fine artist and a surface pattern designer. So (laughs) yeah, I found that for me, like I need the original art, like the painting, physical, original things, putting them out into the world in addition to digital stuff. Like that's just so life-giving for me. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting that I think you'll really enjoy going down that path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Cool. So, okay, my last little question for you is just, um, do you have any current projects or things that you're gearing up towards or anything that you'd like to share that you're working on right now? Yeah, I think just right now is is kind of my goal is to first finish that those three paintings from that series and then and then yeah, just start painting bigger original paintings and figuring out if those are going to be on paper or how exactly that's going to look. So, I have a little bit of experimenting to do. That's really exciting. Well, we will keep our eyes out for those. <laughs> Everybody should follow you on Instagram. Keep up when you start posting more. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yes. yes, I loved following your work and it always just makes me so happy when I come across it and it brightens up everything. Thank you so much. And you know, I love following along with your work too. It's great. I, I really love all the colors you use. Oh, thank you. Well, it's been so exciting and fun to hear about your process. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, Juliet, for sharing with us today. Juliet's website and all of the art materials, resources, and artists we mentioned in the episode are linked in the show notes. You can find those at juliemarriottart.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening today, you guys. If you have been enjoying the show, would you take just a minute to rate it and review it on iTunes? That would be really awesome to hear what you're thinking about the show and leaving more um, reviews and ratings helps other artists find it on iTunes as well. And also, if you know a creative person or a maker or an artist, would you share the episode or the podcast with them? Um, you can share it with them directly through iTunes or po- um, or just tag them on one of my um, posts on Instagram. That would be really awesome to help reach a wider audience. So until next time, guys, I hope you'll continue in your own unique way to make, share, and grow. Thanks for listening to Make, Share, Grow. You can keep up with the podcast and my artwork on my website, juliemarriottart.com, and on Instagram at juliemarriottart.com.